Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming from the Cat Cave in Warwick, Rhode Island. Let's Chat is a long-form conversational podcast where I, Chris Revel, seek out guests from the worlds of punk rock, podcasting, and pop culture. We've got really wonderful guests today, of Alex from The Six Seasons and a movie podcast, which is pretty great because it's a podcast about pop culture, two of my favorite things, and... I absolutely love the Six Seasons in a Movie podcast. I, I really like Alex. It was the first of the community uh, podcast that I had found. And it turns out that there's this wonderfully amazing community of community podcasters. And so many members of the people who made community, from the creators, the writers, directors, and actors, and all that stuff, are, um, are a part of it. I mean, God, Alex has had Danny Pudi on. I was just listening to an episode he had recently with uh, The Dean. Ken Jeong, like um, it's it's incredible. It's it's so cool to see that the cast and the crew and everyone who made the show love it as much as what we as as us community fans. Um, so I definitely would say check out the uh, community Discord as well. Uh, all that I I found all, all that links we'll put in the the show notes. But go to six seasons in a podcast dot com or just follow Alex on Twitter, which is six season podcast with the number six, and everything will be linked in there. But there's so many incredible, incredible community podcasts that I love and have gotten to meet and become friends with a lot of these wonderful people. Um, it's been really cool. So uh, big shout-out to Alex. This is a really fun episode. I We had done this a little while back, and I meant to get this out a little earlier. I uh, had some health issues starting in November. It's now um, the, the 31st of January. So for the first time... Since the end of November, I finally feel healthy again, so uh, I'm sure I'll get into that in later episodes. But um, so it feels good to feel good again, so I'm really happy about that. Uh, anyway, let's uh, just some quick housekeeping before we uh, before we get into the episode. I just recorded a guest spot on one of my favorite podcasts, Defining Disney, which are fellow Let's Chat Club members. Uh, that should be out in March. And uh, something I have nothing to do with, but I'm going to plug it anyway. Uh, past guest of this show, Taylor Morton, who made the last blockbuster, which I absolutely love. As of today's recording, it just came out, I think, yesterday. He was on an episode of Let's Rewatch, which is also some past guests and friends of mine. And they talked about Clerks, which I still have never seen, but it, it was cool. Um, it's a cool experience when you get into, like, your friends are becoming friends with each other, and you get to listen to it, and it, uh, it was really cool. Uh, that was I had a lot of fun with that. Um, make sure you check us out on all the things at Let's Chat Podcast. I'm at Let's Chat Revel on Twitter, Instagram, and Clubhouse, which is one of my new favorite apps. You can catch me sometimes as a sometimes co-host on Let's Chat Live, which is on our Facebook, YouTube, our Facebook, YouTube channels, Tuesdays at 8 p.m., usually hosted by our producer, Bree. And um, make sure, and uh, for those, and also, uh, if you're not too familiar, we're going to be doing... Um, Oh, I also want to, uh, we also add a couple more team members to Let's Chat team. Welcome Don from the Game On podcast. And Sonetta from uh, the Friends of Streetlight Manifesto group is where we met. And uh, please, hey, are you interested in uh, joining our club? Because maybe you don't know what Let's Chat Club is, so let me give you a quick overview. Uh, this is something that we've been working on tirelessly over this last year. And we really have been having a lot of fun with it. So Let's Chat Club is an online community that empowers content creators uh, creatives to monetize their passion project while making connections in your industry. Let's Chat Club helps create, create, build, and strengthen the 
their brands and build infrastructure to succeed. We offer classes, network opportunities, and have an array of aspects to help you with all your podcasting needs. So it's a paid membership, and um, hit us up or just check out letschatpodcast.net for more information. Uh, with that paid membership, you get a, uh, various services we provide. We also give you access to our private Facebook and Discord groups, and we have, we're going to be having some of our past guests in there too. Uh, we have some really cool stuff that's come out of it. That's where our recently uh, Caroline from Dividing Disney and I and Matt and uh, our, our other friend for Chip and Co. did the uh, Let's Chat Presents Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, that was super fun. Um, so a lot of stuff going on. Let'schatpodcast.net for everything you need. And a huge shout-out to The Vern uh, for being our editor on this episode. You can uh, make sure you follow him on Twitter, and he is available for hire. So, jeez. Anyway, let's get to it. your entry point to community were you watching it when it first aired i did yeah i i caught the the show the pilot at least this is the apocryphal version that i tell myself i i'm, I'm pretty sure i did I'm, I'm pretty sure i i watched everything um <clears throat> you know where i where i don't give myself bonus points is that i know that i switched over to you know either um, watching ripped versions of them uh, of the episodes like you know they'd come out and then i'd get an episode like you know a week later that kind of thing so i didn't watch for a while most of the first season whatever and on i wasn't watching like live on thursday nights so yeah i'm not i'm an early fan an early adopter but i'm not a a good fan at, <laughs> by any means I, it, yeah I, I think I, I would disagree i think you're a great fan you know it's odd the only reason i watched it when it first came out besides like being a fan of the nbc lineup i love chevy chase it, i was a huge i like chevy chase i knew of him obviously i was like oh chevy chase i remember like liking joel McHale, but not like knowing a ton about him but i was a huge donald glover fan believe it or not because of i love Derek comedy Derek comedy was the first um it was the first thing i ever watched on youtube or like you said, I think that's the story I tell myself. Maybe remember early YouTube, it was mostly like videos from people riding on motorcycles in Russia and getting car accidents for the first year. Or like video game remixes and that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah. But I remember I was in college, I think, I think I was in college and Derek Comedy being the first YouTube video I ever like fell in love with. I think it was Bro Rape was probably the one that kind of yeah. <laughs> Then I followed him and all those guys and DC Pierce and all those guys for I loved Mystery Team. I don't know if the timeline's up, but I remember watching the pilot of my dad at my parents' house. And then my I just started dating my now wife and we were living together. Like that was like when we lived together with our roommate at that time, Megan, we would all sit down. That was like the show we'd watch. Like we all liked it, but it wasn't till that paintball episode where we were just like, oh. Now that I go back and watch it again, I, I can see uh, the brilliance of it earlier on. But I don't think until Paintball did I really. And there were definitely some episodes before that Paintball was, I was like, what the actual fuck is this show? Yeah, I think the Chicken Fingers episode, yeah. um, that's, uh, that's um, American Poultry, uh, is typically one that people point to as like the you know really big hint at what this show could be. Yeah, um, absolutely. But, it really turns the 
it up a notch uh, for the modern warfare episode for sure. I, the chicken, the, any of the moments with uh, Jeff and Abed always really hit me the hardest. Like I know they don't ever come out and die, which I love that uh, you know um, Danny Pudi's character. They don't ever out, flat out flat out says he's on the autism spectrum, which I respect. But I've I've worked with that community and I have family in that community, so I, I just immediately was so drawn to the Abed stuff because you don't ever ever see characters like that represented on television that aren't like quote Abed. Don't make this a special, <laughs> you know? Like yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I also have this memory of that first year, my wife and I dating and her family and I going to uh, New York City for Christmas to see the tree like everyone does. And she like snuck into the NBC store and bought me a Troy and Abed mug for Christmas. And like that moment I was like, I think I'm going to marry you. <laughs> yeah, the keeper. That's, yeah. that's a keeper. For sure. You know, it's going to be hard not to just talk about all my favorite episodes of the community, but uh, that's because it's the best show ever made. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, I mean, obviously I'm doing this podcast and I wouldn't be, um, you know, 35 episodes into uh, the podcast if I, if I wasn't uh, somewhat invested in, in it. Um, yeah. 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 It's, it's a great show and, and um, keeps on giving and, and, you know, what I love about it is the, the community of people around the show. And um, from what I've learned, the people who have made the show are really special and, and wonderful people as well. And so it just makes it even better. You know, that's, you know, I love the show for a long time. I, I, I don't know about you. I was like definitely a part of the save community campaign when it was a thing I was like tweeting at that time in my life too. I had become a Nielsen reader for um, um, when they started doing for streaming and I would literally just put, I would go to work and just leave community on all day just to be like, yeah, save it. Gotta, get, gotta keep it going. Like I was just, completely enamored with that show and it's been so fun to kind of meet more and more people um like you said the community of community is like when it came to netflix because it was on hulu first but it didn't get the fanfare that it did like when it went to netflix that's when i discovered your podcast which then led me to all the other community podcasts and what seemed so cool off the bat was that all of you all seemed to be friends and not competitors yeah i i uh you know, I don't, I'm not going to take credit for it, but I certainly um, feel like I've influenced that process. You know, you have people like Matt and Mike who run the community's Twitter account who uh, I think are influencers as neutral parties and they have the most followers and they're the ones who've been around the longest and, and that kind of thing. But you know, early on, uh, it would be a, a year ago now, um, you know, when I saw some of the other podcasters starting, I just was like, you know, they're all doing their own thing that's very niche. And, you know, they're doing rewatch podcasts or, you know, just have a different perspective from, you know, who they are as a person. And, uh, you know, I, I knew pretty early that like the only way that I was going to do this is if I could interview the writers and and people involved with the show because that's just the the thing that interested me the most like i want to know who who wrote the joke that made me really laugh when i was mm-hmm. um in a bad place and you know who wrote these stories and these characters and uh so uh, yeah I, I think that was pretty much in december when i first interviewed uh, andrew guest who is the first writer i talked to and um he, you know, once I get that, it kind of unlocked everything for me. But to, to, to your point, it was quickly becoming clear that, that that's what my show is going to be about. And I just, I didn't want there to be a competition of like us trying to get 
I, I don't know. I just felt, I felt really um, um, drawn to the idea that this is a community. We're all accepted here for a reason where the show is, a, is called community. And I just wanted to be, uh, to get to know these people um, as podcasters and creators uh, far more than I wanted to, you know, beat them to an interview or something like that. And, and oh, sure. Uh, but one thing that I did was I started asking these other podcasters to come on and interview with me when I interview. Um, so as early as uh, I think back in, in April, I, I had uh, Jen from the community rewatch podcast. She and I talked with Ken Jung and, uh, and since then I've, you know, I, I tried to have someone on the show with me from one of the podcasts when I talked to uh, some of the cast and, and such. I think that's so cool that like, I mean, it's, it's so, I mean, the irony, I don't think is lost on you or anyone of that. Like it literally became our internet version of Greendale. <laughs> Cause like all the different podcast hosts, like everyone comes into podcasting sideways because it's such a new, you know, the industry itself or podcasting's only been around, I think four, 14 years, maybe 15 tops. I think I've been, I And even then, years. even then it's really just been uh, taken yeah. off in the last few years. I mean, there yeah, are people who've been doing it for 10 years. Yeah. Like that's wild West, you know, oh, the yeah. first six, seven, eight of those. I started seven years ago. And, and when I started, I remember it being like, you missed the boom kid. It's all over. Podcasting is done. And I was like, Oh, okay, whatever. It's cool. I just like doing it. Cause um, like, I think I have the same thing you have is I just like, I, like to talk to and connect with the people who make the art that I love. And then, you know, things kind of went, it, it's morphed into something different than I first originate my original idea, which I'm really proud of, but uh, it's, it's a real, it's, it's a little, it's a little dirty secret that it's a great way to trick people into being your friend or at least talking to you. Cause like, I'm not someone who wants to meet a celebrity and I don't, maybe this says more of me, but like, I don't want to just meet a celebrity and get a picture. Like I'm like, I need to, I just like want to connect with people famous or not with everyone but like I, i'm like well I'd rather, i don't know i'd rather have a, a a moment or an experience with another human rather than like a quick hello so the podcast is a great way i've gotten to kind of I, I sometimes it's not the right word but it feels that way that sometimes i've tricked people in who have met a great deal of amounts of like from childhood or youth and and i always had a lot of interest in a lot of different like i come from like the punk rock community so some of these people weren't like famous to anyone but to me it's like this album changed my life or this cartoon or this movie and getting to talk to them has been it's the fucking greatest and um now what was your is this your first podcast you ever did yeah no background in like radio or anything like that no i just picked i had two episodes that sucked that I, I took off the internet uh, that you can still find out there, but they're just me kind of talking about the show, the first two episodes. And, you know, I just, I did a little editing and added some, you know, interspersed some, cl you know, uh, clips from the show to kind of highlight some points. But uh, no, I quickly was like, I needed, I had a friend who was like, Hey, I'd love for, you know, to talk with you on this podcast. Um, we had, that was my warm up. Then I found um, a blue check verified fan of community on Twitter. And I was like, he was, um, he is a, a DJ for a radio station. So you know, he's super polished. It was great. So he, I interviewed him and um, yeah, then I just start. then I just went right into you know, talking with the people from the show. Is this your personality outside of the show? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think so. I, I don't think, I don't think I put on airs. I think, um, what I try to come across in the, in the podcast, it's, 
I try, I try to be a little witty. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm witty. I don't know that I'm like funny, you know? Um, I think so. Well, thanks. I, I mean, I, yeah, I think I'm, I'm better at being witty than I am funny, like outright and out. Uh, but uh, I try, I guess. I don't know about you, but I've had this experience more than once that like, I'll be in a social situation and be like, not knowing what to say. I'll be like, pretend I'm doing a podcast and it's, it's helped a lot of times like i mean this is i think i'm always me on the podcast but i like to think i'm the uh presenting the best version of myself hopefully uh, you know this is the slice of uh and also i'm like usually happy and excited because I, I love talking to people so i'm like yeah, yeah i'm yeah. not always happy but like sometimes i don't know i, I do you ever i know you're far for a little farther in you're far in now like do you ever like look back and be like why the fuck did i think to do that but not like in a bad way but like for some reason, like I should start a podcast and I should interview Joe McHale and Din and 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 Ken Jong and Megan Gans and all these amazing people, Danny Pudi. I mean, I, I won't go through your list, but people should listen because you've had some incredible people. And like, you know, you're not from the. I, I I don't know why I did it either. I'm glad I did. I, I always just look back and like, that's so weird. Like, why did I do that? I I don't know where it comes from because other parts of my life I don't feel this comfortable or confident or maybe I do more now. But when I first started, like. That wasn't the case. I always find it so interesting. It's one of those things like I've quit a lot of hobbies, but this, I tried to quit this, couldn't do it. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing. Um, I think uh, deep down, I really do like talking with people. Um, it's always been something, you know, I've just been drawn to people and, and radiate from that energy of like, you know, being witty and funny and, and like making them laugh and getting them comfortable and, you know, and that's what I feel like if I do anything on these, on these episodes is that I feel like I got, get people comfortable that like, you know, most of the time pre-roll, I, I, you know, just talk about how my grandfather was in the business and, you know, so like they're. What'd your grandfather do? What's that? What'd your grandfather do? Um, oh yeah. So he was um, on a couple TV shows as well as in about 40 movies. Um so uh, he was uh, the next door neighbor Thorny on the TV show Ozzy and Harriet. And, oh my God! And then he was uh, Mr. B on the TV show Hazel. Um, oh, that's, and, right. that's so cool. Yeah, so he was the TV Academy president for a couple of years and has a Emmy from uh, Emmy nomination from Ozzy and Harriet, and then an actual Emmy that the Academy gave him for being president. So, is that your mom or dad's dad? My mom's dad. And, uh, so, but my parents grew up in LA, mom, mom's from Brentwood and grew up in amongst royalty and that kind of stuff. So also to her, that was like nothing then. Well, there, she would say high school was like this. There is always someone with a more famous parents. Yeah. I, one of my, there's a hierarchy to it. Yeah. I, my buddy, a friend of mine grew up in Beverly Hills as well, but his parents were like caterers. So all the stories were so cool to me because I grew up in Connecticut and he's like, dude, no, nobody cares. And you grow up. It's like, it's normal to see like, I don't know, like John Travolta out getting pants or whatever. Like, but like for me, I'm like, Oh my God, it's so cool. But he's like, yeah, it's not that cool. But like anything, you just kind of get used to it. Did you grow up in LA? I grew up going out to LA a ton. Um, so we just went back, my brother and I went back um, this last November and, and it just brought back all these memories of, all sorts of things. And we visited my uh, grandfather's star on the Walk of Hall of Fame. And oh, that's so beautiful. And what, how cool is it that like, you know, you're not in show business. No, you. I mean, this is show business now. Like, you know, maybe you were like, 
you, you didn't become an actor, but now like there's a way you're connecting with grandpa without actually, it's, it's cool. Like my dad does a college radio show for a long time too. And it's like, Oh, it's, it's sweet. It's like, Never, I, I'm sure. Well, of course, I'm sure your grandfather never be like one day you'll do a podcast because it exists 14 years ago. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like I, I never really got to talk to him about this. You know, I think it was 14 or so when he passed away, and and so this is a bit of uh, a journey to understand the the business. Um, you know, Leonard from the show, um, Richard Erdman, he was in a movie with my grandfather back in the day. Have you got to interview him yet? He's dead. He passed away. Oh, he did? Leonard? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. A couple of years ago. So oh. that's so there's like some sadness to like not being able to connect some dots in my life. And yeah. um, but you know, I think the point that I think we were talking about is that I I I find there's comfort in that I find, get with uh, with guests and just through those conversations and and through the kind of the rapport that I can build and and uh, um, did I think I would be doing this? The reason I'm doing this is because of a, a lot of trauma in my life and experiences where I I was I felt um, my, like my voice was taken away. And didn't have a chance to uh, to really express who I, I was. And oh yeah, I'm a creative person who grew up playing in bands and those kinds of things. And, what kind of music? Um, I, you know, rock and roll. Radiohead was was big. Jeff Buckley, that kind of stuff. Yeah, you nice. know, cool cool rock and roll type of stuff. And are you a therapy person? Do am I in therapy? Like, do you see? Are you like oh, someone yeah. who goes oh, or oh, pro yeah. therapy? Yeah, I work in the I work in that field as well as. Uh, love. I saw my therapist yesterday, and it was wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a huge part of 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 a return. To, but uh, um, you know, used to be involved in a, a religion, and and just saw it as you know, just it just blew up, and we have things like the election and uh, different, you know, just varying. You know, get, I don't want to get too political or too into these weeds, but you know, when you have a paradigm, a worldview that gets shattered by inconsistencies, and especially with behavior, people accepting certain types of behavior, and just gets all thrown apart. And and I was really grasping for a way to um, find joy. And and what I did was I watched a lot of community. Um, I listened to a lot of um, uh, Dan Harmon's podcast. Um, oh, Harmontown? Harmontown was. Oh, that's right. He's one of the first podcast people, too. Like that early. A lot of, you know, and like I remember listening to Megan Gons on You Made It Weird with Pete Holmes way back in the day. Like she was one of those first people that wasn't famous, but I knew I knew who she was because I watched Community. I saw her name and then I would hear her on various LA. That was like certain sex of podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so. The the one uh, podcast that I really you know was was I in the process I was in the process of like really getting into was called Whiting Wongs with Dan Harmon and Jessica Gao. Uh, really interesting podcast about race and and Never listen to it. Yeah, it's really really good. And and Dan, um, you know, it's it's just the proxy for you know kind of seeking you know white guys who are seeking to like really correct their behavior and their thinking and sure. their that kind of stuff. And um, so it was, uh, I think all of that was kind of flowing. And then with the 10th anniversary of, of community, I just was like, you know what? Like I should just talk about this show and, and do this thing that I really love. Um, 
and I always wanted to do a podcast because I, I kind of liken myself a talker a little bit and I figured I can, it can fill some space. And so, like I said, I did those first couple of episodes. It took me, I did it one, just literally sat down in my basement. Um, and, uh, and it, I just talked for like half an hour and then it, I didn't do one for another month. It took me a month to do the next one. And then, uh, then I noticed other podcasters doing podcast, you know, community podcasts. And I was like, all right, well, it's time to either like make this a thing or, or <laughs> wait or, or just, you know, get eaten up and get, you know, kind of, uh, in the cacophony of noise, like I'm going to just get drowned out. Um, so anyway, that, that's kind of the little bit of the history and, that's pretty cool. Yeah. What um, what faith did you grow up with? Yeah, I mean, in like a typical evangelical type of um, Christian background, mm. and um, yeah, it just it's tough. It, it's tough, you know, not just seeing people. I don't know. Like, it's tough when you see it like right now, and you see like the decisions that people are making from afar. That's one thing. Like, you can you know, maybe you're not religious or maybe you're not, not evangelical and, and you can just go like, Oh, you know, these, these fuckers are just totally anti, you know, they don't see the hypocrisy. And, but it's another thing when you're inside the faith and you are standing up for things and I don't know, I'll just talk about it. It's fine. You know, I, there was a guy bringing guns, a gun to church. And I was like, I'm sorry. What? I was like, why are you, why do you need to bring a gun to church? Like, what is the point of this? Yeah. Like, and, and, and here's the demographic, you know, and nothing against, you know, single white 20 somethings males, you know, but like you're the demographic of people who kill people, like no offense, right? Like you're, you're the demographic of people who do things without thinking because you don't have anything like a family. And so I have three kids and you're bringing a gun to church Mm -hmm. and you know, like, Oh, well I'm doing it for self-defense. And I'm like, yeah, but like philosophically you don't understand what happens if you kill my kid, like, you know, on accident, you know, like that's not better and that's not a better option. So philosophically we can say that's not the best outcome of it anyway. So it's just, there's lots of things, but anyways, long story short, um, I was alone in that opinion and it was not handled well. It was not appreciated that I would even bring this up and make it in a, a deal about it. The fact that I forgot to leave or I did leave out was that I'm a gun victim, of uh, a gun crime victim. I was a bank teller and was held up at gunpoint 10 years earlier than this. And the guy in a paintball mask with a gun put it up to my head and, you know, very traumatic experience. Yeah, and I'd say no so. one asked me why I even had an opinion. They just assumed it was like this political thing, and it was liberal, like, whiny bullshit. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, I don't want to die. Yeah, no, I die. have kids, and I a gun, uh, you know, gun crime victim, and um, and why do you need a gun in church? And if you're afraid of someone entering the church with a gun, it's probably you. Yeah, <laughs> listen, exactly. I, Statistically? I have a child, and I know, dude, I don't even trust my. It's like they're. It, it, I'm all, well, this is not a guns right thing because we're all for guns rights, um, you know, and safety and stuff. But like, I don't know who this gentleman is, but listen, I, I'm a, I'm a moron for the most part. I lost my vape pen a minute before, like earlier. I don't want a person with all the best of intentions to accidentally just leave their gun laying around and my kid just shoots. Hey, we all saw the episode of the Simpsons who shot Mr. Burns. Yeah. 
Yep. Probably not the best argument for the church, huh? They probably don't like the Simpsons. <laughs> the, um, the, I mean, the other fact was that we have a state trooper who go, went to the church, and I'm fine with him carrying a gun. Yeah, someone who's been trained and knows what they're doing. Yeah, he's actually he was actually a guy who trained in the gun range, so he was yeah. a guy who trained people to shoot. So I'm not against guns. I'm against the it? audacity of someone to to put their rights in the in the way of my rights. Sure. Just like I wouldn't, you know, necessarily chain smoke cigarettes, you know, right next to your family of of five while we're outside somewhere and you know it's my right to be in a smoking section but you know like be read the room and and recognize when it's an appropriate time to to exercise your rights and anyway so this went off the rails and it's my fault but it should go off the rails that's encouraged yeah no i i mean so like that's my point is all to this that i had a lot of of anxiety and and turmoil that needed an outlet and i just was like community and harmontown these things were making me laugh they were, they were bringing me so much joy when i was feeling absolutely you know um ostracized from a community that i once thought was i don't talk to any of those people so 10 years and i don't talk to like like literal people i was in business with literal people that i was uh, had known for 10 years and I, I haven't talked to any of them it's a really sad thing and people always whine about cancel culture but it's not a new thing like shunning and all and all religious groups and uh, every form of human society has some version of that but it's i remember even thinking that as a kid like when we would go to church when i was a kid and like hey, maybe someone would get like divorced and then they get like excommunicated from our community and just be like growing up being a teenager I'm like how could you like People who were like, I, so I, I was born with a heart condition. I had um, heart surgery when I was like two and a half months. Like the same people who were like, and this wasn't my mom or anything, but like the same people who were so warm and kind to our family and brought us cookies and blankets and all the, and were there for you for thick and thin. Um, we fortunately didn't have the same experience. I'm sorry that you had to have, but like you would see those people then just turn on someone they felt that way about. And I always, I'm such a looker around of like, whenever I know anyone who's doing so, I'm like, if someone's doing something bad to someone else, they'll do it to you. So that's always like a red flag. And so it's always so interesting. These people can give you such love and all of a sudden they can just turn your back like you never existed. It's like, but I mean, that's how I, I think anyone listening is also going to get like, don't, I don't, I do see the irony that you lost your community and then found this community of the TV show and the podcast and stuff and community. The TV show is kind of like oddly in a weird way is almost like, it's like atheist church. It's for the misfits and oddballs and the people who want to have that connection without the religious aspect. And what community the show did so well, that great scene where they all introduce each other and Shirley's like, ooh, we all have a little bit of everyone. <laughs> so you went to church a lot, Shirley's, I'm going to guess, but Shirley being the redeem- redeemed in our, our episodes, in our series. Yeah, I mean, I think there were just a lot of people with good intentions. I think the bigger thing that I would take away is that there's just a lot of people who don't know how to deal with conflict. I work in behavioral health. I've I had post-traumatic stress as well. I've experienced that. The reason I actually tried to quit the show is because of because of trauma, and then wasn't able to. And then um, 
but um you know so i'm like i'm a i'm a case manager but so similar to like a social worker um i've de-escalated people with i you know when people are talking about defund the police and stuff like that i do that job without a gun i you know i've literally talked people off ledges more than, uh, you know i've done all that so it's like um i don't know my point other than a gun doesn't help the situation like that person might think it is that's the last thing you need in a heated situation is uh yahoo bringing in a weapon untrained yeah and and i think even once the issue was arisen and and once once there was like a faction there was i was not alone completely there was a couple people who were at least adjacent to their argument there was also issues of of uh you know concern about you know racial justice and in and, and other kind of similar types of what what are we really doing is this this place really a, a place that's you know for people or just uh, for us and there's a big difference between a, a, a place that's for people um, and caring and loving and then there's a place for us which is insular and a castle and protective and uh, I don't know I just I don't think you know the faith is supposed to be that. And so I'm sorry that happened to you, but like anything, the worst thing in your life will always turn into eventually will, you can't see it when it happens, will turn into the best thing that ever happened to you. It's just, it's very Buddhist, but it, it's just, it's the truth. Though. Like it's kind of odd that if that had not, unfortunately had that experience, like, but now like, you know, you're friendly with Ken Jong, who's mega famous. Or I don't know if you would say you're friends, but you're, friendly i don't know but, but you've communicated with ken john uh outside the pocket yeah that he's fucking famous but apparently also a lovely human being which is one of the cool things i love about your podcast and all of the community podcasts as a whole that i love all of them is how much the cast and the crew it's and I'm always a sucker for the people who make the thing love it as much as us who love it. Like, I feel like Dan Harmon and maybe everyone besides Chevy uh, loves Pup Community as much as us. Like, they, you are aware of it. Like, we made it. And they're like, yeah, this is great. I get that from The Office. I love The Office Ladies podcast. I get that sense from The Office. Like, there's, like, a magic. Like, I'm like, you're super fucking famous, Jim Helpert. But, you know, it's famous fleeting, ultimately. Yeah, yeah. I think... That's that's I've found that everyone is very grateful for um, not even for what it did for them professionally. It always just seems personal whenever they all talk. And yeah, all it, it seems like uh, it was a very unique situation where not not every cast, not every film, not every situation is uh, as is caring and thoughtful towards each other even though it was grueling hours and, and that kind of thing, it was really full of special people. You know, and it seems like you kind of, I don't like a little, uh, a hint of like, I can relate to Dan Harmon where like him on a much different level, but has done things that aren't great and then tried to rectify it and um, find the path toward the redemption specifically with, with the stuff of Megan Gans, um, like with like kind of sexually harassing her and then, he, I thought he did a really great job apologizing. I think it was on Harmontown or something like yeah, that. Yes, I'm a like Chris. I'm like Shirley. Like I, I always believe in a path to redemption. Like so, I, I think there's something about that that I love that show, regardless of its problematic stuff or whatever the bad stuff behind the scenes or who was said or who fucked who or shitty things like that with Chevy. Like, um, 
you know, it's like it's it's kind of interesting too, like how like with abusive, not to call them abusive, but uh, in abusive relationships, usually there's great love and great abuse, and it's interesting to see like the community people talk about everything so openly about shit was not perfect it was fucking hard but like there's such love there and forgiveness for each other it's beautiful like i, I love man some of it you've had some really great guests on like i i still get blown away every time i look at i'm like you all the community podcasts like from i mean literally everyone the cast the crew yeah i mean are the, are the russo brothers the hardest to get down um probably donald before the russo brothers donald would be harder uh, than the hardest yeah. to get Probably, probably not, not yeah. yeah. And not because I don't think he would do it. it. It's just, just there's, there's a, a lot, lot of layers, layers to, get to get to him, rightfully so. Yeah. Because, because there's, there's more, more than, than one of me trying, trying to... I, I, more, more than just, just community podcasters are trying to hit the level. Yeah, yeah. And and I'd love to say, hey, you know, oh gosh, we, you know, dude, I can get you 5,000 listens. But, you know, he's like, 5,000 listens. That's big, big freaking deal. Big fucking deal, Donald. So, yeah, it's not like my podcast is is breaking records. And it's it's certainly a niche thing. But, yeah, no, I think, you know, we got Jim Rash coming up. Oscar winner. Yeah, Oscar winner Jim Rash is... We're just finishing up his edit on um, this week, and hopefully get that one out. So slowly but surely, it's not. It's not the. um, There was a a time period back in like March, February, March, April, when I was churning churning one out like every week almost. Yeah, that was a lot. Takes time, man. uh, A lot of time, a lot of calls, a lot of you know setting things up, and now. you know, now I'm, I'm having fun, um, but uh, it's a lot of work. It is. I, I don't know why I didn't quit, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fucking work. I mean, it's a, a lot of reward, but um, but you know, like anything, it should be like you know, there's parts of it I fucking like. To me, the I, there's this great quote from BB Queen, BB um, King, that um, he says like, "I play for free. I, tr- I get paid to travel." And I feel like for me, like this part of the podcast is the is the playing music part. Like this is the it's all where it's like I mean, you were in a band, you know, being in a band is what 30 minutes to an hour of playing music and what a whole fucking full day of setting up, breaking down, traveling. Like there's more there's always a certain level of bullshit to ratio happiness. And thankfully, my happiness level is higher than the bullshit ratio. Yeah, that's actually one of the reasons why I've started to do more live streaming. So easy. Yeah, I'm just like, you know what? Let's see who listens. Um, you know, if it's a few hundred people, uh, I'm happy. We'll answer questions. We'll have some fun. It's building the community, community that kind of thing. And and I don't know about you, but we've been we started um, like we have Let's Chat Live that I produce and rotate as a co-host, and um, it's a much younger generation watches people talk on the internet compared to like people who won't listen to a podcast because podcasts generally be for a little bit older people. Like the younger generations stream everything while doing something else, like passively, like on Twitch and whatnot. So it's been, I've been noticing that like, but yeah, the doing the podcast has been, what about you? Like I did it. Are you a Kevin Smith fan? Uh, Enough. Yeah. Not a huge fan. I love that line in Dogma about faith is like a glass of water and sometimes it's half full and you just need to fill it up. And I, I got that with podcasting to a point where I got 
sick. I don't know. I don't want to say I got sick of just doing just the podcast, and then I ended up meeting, uh, teaming up with my my producer Bree and uh, Bree Bree and uh, Chris Ball and and other people we had come in throughout the the times and now expand and build it past it but and then um, it's led to doing some live stuff and it's really fun like we we um we we did a uh, let's chat presents a um punk rock documentary filmmaker roundtable and it was which i know you and i are talking about doing a community roundtable as well um which i'm gonna hold you to that <laughs> but um, let's do it doing the live stuff it was um it's probably like being a band. If you play guitar, eventually you jump. You, you jump on a piano. It, it was a different muscle, and um, it made me really realize how much I love hosting more than anything of the podcast. Like I think it's the thing I like the most. Except yeah, I agree. That's that's what I, I I've I found that uh, you know it's it it's been interesting being on this this side of the the uh, the conversation, and we've had some uh, interesting things to talk about. But for sure, it's you know I would when I get myself in a place where, okay, I know the person who I'm going to talk to. I set up the narrative that I want to, you know, I have write everything out, um, the questions and kind of mm-hmm. my transition points. And uh, even then when we do these live streams, they all joke about, you know, it's just funny. You know, I, I, I'm like, keep, I'm the one who brings it back to what we should be doing. You know, um, they all make jokes, they do their thing, but then I'll say, okay, now, so now we're talking about this and, yeah, it's just uh, it's fun to be a host. It's fun to kind of keep things moving. So you were the guy in the band who made sure you got there on time. Uh, no, I oh. was the bass player or the guitar player who just showed up. Um, oh, that's funny. Now you have to do all the work. Yeah, now I'm. Uh, you know, but that's. I think that's a big shift in my personality. Um, from Same. yeah, I'm much from, more of a show up. Where what are we doing? And then this kind of. I always said that the podcast is the first time I felt type A in my entire life. And this insane responsibility I felt to put out an episode every week to nobody. No financial, no financial incentive. I was like, gotta do it. I'll know. And I've never understood those moments, those, those things in my entire life until this happened. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way. That's uh, really interesting. We, uh, I, I feel like there are, there are other moments I felt type A, you know, I've started a business and, you know, with, with the community thing, I've, um, you know, done these community uh, cards, the, uh, you made those. Yeah. I made these, uh, these, uh, we're now we're, we're doing show and tell on where can people find your merch? Pretty much sold out of them. Um, there's three left of the community hallway crawler game cards. Um, there's their collector's items. I will, I'm only going to make hundred of them. I made a hundred and there's, um, but I made uh, chaos community, cha- uh, chaos theory dice designed after the, the TV show. Where can people buy this stuff? Um, you can go to d4bgames.com. D, the letter D, the number four, the letter B, games.com. There's some stuff. Um, I think there's three games left, and I'm going to be doing another round of dice. I think because I think I think people like them. And oh my god, yeah, I have um, interviewed and become friends with this um, gentleman named Pat Edwards, and he does a lot of stuff. But he does a he runs a D and D game on Geekly Inc. Like every week, you would I'm sure that that world of people would love these die. He may, I think when he do the Red Opera was his like when he came on to promote. I don't know a ton about D and D, which is a perfect segue. What I did want to ask you about was the community D and D episode. Uh-oh. More importantly, your podcast and 
uh, like how we were talking before, it's like, say, stumbling and then finding your path to redemption, if you will. I love what you did with those podcasts where you, you did the, you know, it's your story. How about you tell us what happened? Um, yeah, I don't know what happened uh, other than... Not happened, but the, the, the what you know what I'm evolution. talking about, but other people don't. <laughs> yeah, it's an evolution. I, um, you know, I, as any guy, uh, white, cisgendered male, has opinions um and i wouldn't even say my i don't think my opinion was totally wrong at the outset um you know it's a very nuanced situation with this show um with this episode in particular it's the dnd episode is one of my favorite episodes oh me too it's great it's a great episode you know you work in behavioral health um uh, i have um couple diagnoses of my own and um you know very pro therapy that kind of thing and so the episode is near and dear because you know i can really see myself in neil to a certain degree uh, at least the the darkest moments fat neil yeah the darkest moments of of neil's you know uh, of how he's feeling and and feeling othered and that kind of moment and um you know we get ruins you know, at this point, I think it's fair to say um, it's it's ruined by an untimely joke um, about with Chang in blackface or blackface adjacent, depending on on what you wanted to call it. I thought it was blue, but then that, that could have just been me or my TV. It's really, really dark black. Yeah, yeah. it's supposed to be a drow elf and. The joke is about blackface, you know? Um, yeah. And that's a, and so what you're alluding to is that I've, I've done, I think four episodes now on D and D. Um, so I originally had, um, the advanced community studies, uh, crew, um, come on and share their thoughts. And, you know, I think the overarching, opinion was that this is not necessarily blackface it's commentary it's not a good look but you know in the big uh, scheme of things you know this isn't going to stop cops from killing black people you know i think that was i don't want to speak completely for everyone but um i think that's uh that's one opinion it was a mix it was a group of of people um and did not include um uh, any voices, uh, especially a, a, a female voices, and especially a black female voices. So, when I put it out there, I had had a community fan say, "Hey, you know, this is this is great. You know, have you thought about having you know such and such voice?" Uh, she and I, I ended up DMing her, and we had you know half an hour long DM conversation. And I said, "You know, if you feel comfortable, let's let's chat on the podcast and let's talk." And so she was like floored that I'd ask her. And I was like, I don't know. It feels like the least I can do is you have an opinion and want to, you know, it's um, not that you're speaking for every black woman out there, but um, it's going to be a perspective and you're going to share your thoughts. And so we had uh, Sheree on and uh, I uh, adore her. We've had a great conversation. She's been on other podcasts I do. Um, and um I were friends in the internet type and um, yeah, so it's just, it was an interesting evolution of, of conversations. And well, what I like about the story is 
not that you did anything wrong, but there are other people could have had that moment and say, fuck you, and then turn into all right Nazis. So you're like, oh, okay, let's expand this and, and let's bring, you literally did the opposite of what your church did to you and said, let's bring more people in and, and let's learn. Well, I mean, I'm not looking for pats on the back. Um, You're going to get them. Yeah, because I, I feel like what... Yeah, we don't want, what's that called? We're not white savior. I'm yeah. not white saviouring <laughs> you. But I, I just thought it was interesting because it was such a... There was that little period where... And it wasn't the, the Black Lives Movement moment wasn't even asking for all these things to happen. It was like the... Uh, um, we, um, the um, you know, um, yeah, when George Floyd was murdered by that police officer... Like the whole country took a turn, and a lot of companies were sometimes preemptively removing stuff. Like there wasn't a huge movement. Like take this off community. I, I understand why they did, but it was just one of those things of like, um, I like that you included more voices into that topic because it's not something I. I'll be honest, I I didn't put it together either, um, and I, I still love that episode. And I, I I think having more context to it, if someone wants to watch it, and if that's someone who's really passionate about that stuff, it's a great learning opportunity. And then you can still enjoy the episode. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think the, the, if there's, I don't know, use this word, um, but crime, if there's a crime in that show, that episode, it is, it is this, the, it's the, um, complacency I have to watching and responding to Chang in the episode. Most Mm -hmm. As my white perspective, I go, oh, yeah, all right. Like, th- that's how I used to react. Like, uh, oh, okay, you know, and hardly remember it. That was me. Right. You focus on the, episode, the rest of the episode. But I think now I have much more of a, a cringe and a, um, I don't know if there's what, what the response is, the correct response is, other than I think a lot about it now. When I've watched that episode, yeah, it, I sh- it happens, and I go, I think of, um, you know, then I had the third episode of, of uh, that I met with uh, the Go Greendale, Welcome to Greendale uh, committee, which is um, Michael and Jillian and Sadia, and I think of Michael and Sadia, both who are black. When I watch that episode, I think of them, and I go, I'm, I. I can't not think of, of how it affects them. And I think that's where like, you need to think about how it affects people. And yeah. that's, that's some kind of incremental change to, huh? Okay. This has negative effects on people. Some people, you know, not everyone who uh, is African-American viewed the, this as blackface or problematic, but there are plenty who did. And I need to th- not just, you know go eh, well some of them don't and well because i need to think of people who are hurt because i want to think of the anyone who is um, marginalized in any situation and feels othered and feels hurt that's i've been in that place not in the same way but you know um at Tell least get a day. taste of 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 it you know i'm not i'm i, I will never know because i'm a white guy that kind of thing but one one thing too that I think makes I don't want to say it's okay. One thing that separates community from doing it differently than they other shows is that it was an established show with an established diverse cast, and not saying it was right, but it'd be one thing if they did that and it was an all white cast. But there's also you know there's 
there's something to the show. Like I'm not, it's not a pass, but it's a little more, um, there's more nuance to it because it's like, you know, there's actually developed black characters in that show. You know what I mean? Not, not said to, only in, and and it's complex. It's much more complex. Than the complexity is this surely is like, Hey, we're not going to do anything about this. And everyone goes pretty much with their silence. Nope. Yeah. And so I think that's what a lot of people had problems with. And that's exactly how it happens in real life, which is such a teachable moment. Right. And so... And oddly enough, that show, that episode is more about like suicide and stuff too. Yeah. It, I mean, it's it's about bullying. <laughs> but hey, it's... Uh, uh, you know, then when I had a, a vet on, um, she, you know, oh, yeah, another super motherfucking famous person. You know, how many people you've talked to that have been in Marvel movies? Uh, yeah, I was just watching, um, oh, I was watching Endgame, and um, she, she's an Endgame. I think is she in Captain America as well. Uh, I think just Endgame is just, yeah, I was, I was watching her in Endgame thinking about you last night, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, and she said, you know, I think there is. You know, we're at a place in time where we have a, a bit of an overswing, and that's okay. It was what a perfect way to put it. That's the perfect way to put it. it you know, there's an overcorrection, and you know that overcorrection is a lot better than complacency and letting. Yeah, and when it got put on Amazon, I think it would. They kept it on there. It was kind of a flash in the pan moment where I think it was, but um. Well, I I respect that you did that because it it put more nuance to that episode, which I didn't put together. Also, because I haven't watched Community in a period of time before I came to Netflix, so I had not recaught up the Dungeons and Dragons episode when I saw. I was like, oh yeah. Um, can I ask you, um, like more like inside baseball stuff, like start the podcast and your how did you realize how did you learn how to book guests? And you know, you've talked to some amazing people sure yeah and i'll just wrap up with with that last segment and and say that it personally it was it was a a a very um moving and um growing experience having walking through those those four episodes um and then i talked to charlie Kuntz about it though five episodes of, of we ended up talking Neil, that's right. Oh, so I talked to Neil about. It. He lost mad weight. Yeah, I didn't put that together. That was the same guy. I followed him on Twitter. I didn't put together that was Neil. Yep. I have to go back and listen to that. Yep. Episode. So Charlie Kuntz. Um, so anyway, it it, it was a, a a lot of um, great a episode. lot of thought and a lot of really just putting myself in a second place in a in a side se- section where I just listen and. Um, absorb other people's opinions and other people's perspectives. And it, it just was a really good practice. Um, I, I don't think that we do that enough of sitting in other people's shoes and not that I want to preach about it, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, those are really five episodes where, where I, it's uh, a pretty fabulous that we got to talk about one episode of TV as much as we did. It's, the gift that keeps on giving, like, you know, they made a mistake, things, it wasn't the right thing to do in retrospect, but then look at all the growth that was able to come from it, you know, it's, the pendulum always swings, but yeah, I, I'm glad you wrapped that up, this is like, yeah, so where, um, how did you learn to book guests, how did you learn to do all this shit? You know, I did a little bit of PR work as, because I'm in marketing, so I'm familiar with 
um, first of all, just email etiquette <laughs> and, you know, reaching out to some people and, you know, the best way of like pitching people and give, making sure that there's all the benefit in the world to them versus, uh, you know, like I'm just asking for stuff and, you know, they're, they're not going to get anything in return. So, but for honestly, for the first one, uh, it was just mining Twitter for a little bit and finding the the writers. And uh, I had been early enough in the in the game where there weren't a lot of podcasts going out. So, you know, when I reached out to Andrew Guest, it was kind of like, "Yeah, sure, I'll do this." Um, and then once we got into DMs, I was able to share. My, you know, a little bit of my backstory, my grandfather and that kind of stuff. And again, I think that's, that really helps, um, cool people off to like the worries that like, you know, Hey, this person has you know, industry connections. There's a, there's like a, Oh, you're in the club factor to a certain degree. I'm not really, but, um, whatever gets your foot in the door. Yeah. I would argue though. I think you might think that, but I think it's more people. It's a, it's like they feel a connection to you, you know, and then you can see it's like, all right, this isn't um, like, we're going to come on and we're going to do gotcha journalism and be like, (laughs) Andy Barbaro said. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, and I think honestly, once, once I, I did the Andrew episode and it was basically like, tell me about yourself and the episodes. And it wasn't like, tell me, does, is Dan really awful? Or, you know, like I wasn't, I'm not ever going after, um, you know, I'm not hard hitting in, in that sense. I'm not Geraldo Rivera <laughs> of, of podcasting. I don't, there are hard things that we've talked about in, in the course of this podcast, but, and we've alluded to different things and, but I, I, I'm much more of a, like yourself, which is I'm much more of a redemption story type of person. And I, I want to know when, and I want to talk about the, the things that are really positive. I want to talk about, um, you know, Andy uh, Bobro's story about, you know, he's basically like 40 before he becomes a TV writer. I just turned 40 and I'm like, oh, you mean I can, no, I can't. I personally probably couldn't be a TV writer, but you know, there's, there are people, you know, he's, he's the, you know, the, uh, the flag bearer for people who are getting into the industry late. Um, that's not late. That's still, you know, whatever, but it's, it's not like you're coming into, you know, straight out of Harvard at age 22 and getting your shot on SNL. It's like, that feels like a quintessential story versus, um, you know, doing it a little bit later in life. 36 and I've just started my own business and I uh, never uh, a podcast business of all and never ever in my entire life thought this would be my life I you know <laughs> this was never never the never the plan but I'm here for it yeah yeah so I think the kind of dominoes started to fall once I I did a good job with I think I did a good job with um Andrew he he, he wants to come on again and um you know uh, you know, then Hillary Winston, Zach Piaz, uh, Megan Gans, Andy Bobro. Um, so they all just, were uh, like, "You're just going to write down all these emails for us afterwards, right?" <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. The number one rule of uh, of booking is don't fucking be an asshole and share people's shit without asking. Yes, exactly. listening. <laughs> yep. And 
you know, but then there's some other stuff that I've done some investigative work and, you know, don't want to give uh, too many of the secrets are, are out, but there are ways to get, you know, the, the uh, manager or PR I have to be pro. There, okay. There you go. You got it. <laughs> I'm all about giving up the secrets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I just use IMDb pro and, and uh, probably four or five of the guests I got booked that way. And, um, but once I got, once Ken came on, uh, it, it made it really a lot easier for, you know, the others to the cast to come on. How did, did you get Ken through IMDb pro or is that DMS? No, it was DMS. Um, I had a, a kind of a, a friend of his from the show, um, Brandon, Chris Brandon was the, he worked on the sets for all six seasons. So he helped design and build the sets of the show for, for oh, six that's seasons. that's right. Yes. Yeah. And, and Chris was friendly with um, Ken. And so I, I kind of messaged Ken. I said, you know, Ken's pretty good at replying on Twitter. He said, hey, Ken, you should listen to this episode with Chris Brannon. You know, we, we talked about you. And um, he, he was he messaged me and, and then followed me and was like, very quickly was like, Hey, yeah, this, that's so great. I've been listening to the podcast and that's um, weird. I, uh, I should, uh, and I was like, yeah, do you want to come on? He's like, yeah, sure. And so very quickly he came on within uh, a couple of weeks, a week or so of, of when I, we got connected. And so just, you know, kind of being cool with the people that are in the, in the industry or the, the space and on the show and, and, once they kind of trust that you're what your your mo is and what you're trying to accomplish with the podcast then um you know it's so cool to see all of the community orbit connect with the community podcasters as well like yeah. it's it it's the opposite of the church that we you lost of like bring it, it it's becoming like our internet greendale and i i i don't know well i mean it's more your community than mine i i feel i'm a little bit more on the outside of it cuz i'm uh uh, I don't know the other folks other than from afar outside of Twitter. But you're, the, but like, I, I guess you're like my, the one person I know. But it's it's uh, it's nice. And then Ken Jong and Joel McHale started their podcast, so that must have really helped everybody simultaneously. Yeah, they were plugging six seasons at a podcast regularly on the podcast. That's which was cool. It was just like, um, it was like, oh, you know, Ken is uh has no reason to do this and another another later in life guy yeah sure yep 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 yeah I, and i love the the community of of people that we have in in uh, the podcasters um you know kevin and and um matt and um zach and you know um jen and, and ben and all these different people that are um we have a, a podcaster um, Twitter group t- that we all talk on regularly and yeah, it's just, it's fun. We do each other's podcasts now, um, help each other out and you know, we, we all have something different to say and, and, you know, I think that's, but we're all, you know, definitely motivated for the same thing, getting the, the movie and uh, you know, what are the chances when the movie does happen? I wonder if they'll do the thing where they'll throw some of you in it. Say it again. You know, like that will happen sometimes. Like people who are really champion and fan fandom of things, and then like a movie gets made, like Gilmore Girls. They put in the um, uh, the Gilmore guys got to be a little in the Gilmore Girls reboot. So maybe there's a small chance that all you guys will get a 
little background roll. If anyone's listening, <laughs> I am on the next plane to LA or wherever I need to be. <laughs> you got a doctor on set, so you'll be safe. Yep. I yeah, no, I would love to do that. You know, if 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 nothing else um from all of this, um it it feels like uh uh I've created I'll call them relationships. I won't know if I, I'm not saying I'm friends with any of these people, but I, I feel like uh, um, most of the people that I've talked to would be willing to do a second interview um, easily. And um, yeah, I just, I've had a great time with, with people. There's always the feedback has always been really positive and uh, you know, the feedback from the fans has been really positive. People really just love hearing the background story to, you know, how these uh, folks got to the show and what their, you know, opinions about the show is. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty fabulous. Um, so kind of start to wrap it up. I definitely, before we, I love I definitely wanted to ask you about the holiday episodes. It definitely was, um, I don't have anything to say other than they're so great. Does Abed's uncontrollable Christmas last scene make you tear up as well? It's, um, it's it's a good one. Do you have any moments as a community that make you cry, like get the little weepies? Um, uh, probably the la- I mean, the very end. Um, I have to really think about it. it. I think that's one of the reasons I like the show. When I like the show, like it doesn't get me too like sad. Um, which is a helpful thing for me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> very prone to sadness. That's not helpful. That's not helpful. Right, like like Marty hitting those those cylinders pretty well. Uh, you know, if I if I want to go watch something that makes me sad, I'll go watch The Leftovers. And <laughs> I haven't watched it, but I know it's, it's, it's amazing show. And I watched um, I watched that in, during the same period of time. I've watched that show twice. And watch it in a similar time period of, of watching community and all this and uh incredibly depressing, sad show, but also kind of uh happy at sometimes. Um but yeah, very, very sad, deals with a lot of with loss. So I think that's why I always like community because I don't know that I like yeah, it's sad when Troy leaves, um, but I'm not like you know, the dirty secret about Alex and six seasons of the podcast is that I'm not a, like, I'm not like rah, rah, Troy and Abed. Um, I know that like freaks people out, but uh, it's, I love them. I think they're great. Um, You know, they have a chemistry uh, for sure, but I would argue like, like Troy has chemistry with everyone. Abed has chemistry with everyone. And, you know, there's an episode, like in 110 episodes, Troy and Shirley share one story together. Wow. So like, th- I just think there's, there was opportunity to like mix up the, the, uh, the pairings a little bit more and uh, that, that pairing in particular. And I'm sure if uh, uh, that's the one that I know off top off the top of my head, but I'm sure if you did some math, you would see, you know, um, there's there's probably not a lot of i mean there's a couple troy or a couple abed and shirley episodes but you know 
you know, just in general, surely gets the shaft quite a bit uh, from from the show. So, uh, but uh, yeah, so there's, there's not a lot that gets me sad. Um, and it's just a whole lot that really makes me laugh. And that's that's what yeah. the show really was is helpful for. I think the Abed's, it doesn't get me sad, like depressed cry, but more of just like, out of there's that last scene where they're all on the TV together. It always just gets me that really warms. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think the the third episode with with Abed's uh, introduction to film, where Abed and his dad are are oh, you God. know at the dad crying, Iqbal um, crying. <sighs> yeah, that's probably like a moment where it's unexpected and is 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 emotional. So yeah, I think um, the, the show surprises you, and I think there's. Um, there's moments fucking jokes later there, actually there's always one joke in that I never ever understood and it's in the um, the epidemiology Halloween episode season 2 and as it cha- Jeff goes Flava Flava's right and I never knew what he was referring to it's like some deep cuts community public enemy joke where like he goes to make a phone call he's like Flava Flava's right and they move on I'm like, what is that? It's like such a deep reference. I'm like, what? One day I'll figure that out. If I ever talk to Dan Harmon or anyone, I'll ask them. Actually, if you ever talk to Dan Harmon, you can ask. When you talk to Dan Harmon, you can ask him for me. It was. It's. It's still happening. I've been assured. Everything is always still happening. Yeah. 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 I mean, COVID definitely messed a lot up. So I mean, it's been made booking a little. It made some people more available. There was a good window right when COVID hit where some people I don't think I should have had access to were a lot more available to talk to me. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah. And as you know, once, you know, guest begets gets, and once you're just able to put so-and-so's been on, that it's the game changer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That That's the kind of the story of this podcast. So. That's great, man. Oh, I can't thank you enough for all uh, all your time and, uh, all, and everything. Um, and how did you find, how did we connect? I don't actually remember. Was it just Twitter? Yeah, I think it was just kind of like you were, a, a, you know, obviously in the community space. I found your show first of all the community podcasts. Yours was the first one I found. Yeah, and we just kind of him. like, oh, yeah, I like this guy. Sounds about right. Because I've talked to, I, well, I'm only, people I've talked to, maybe two people, well, one hasn't come out yet, who have had any community involvement at small levels. Like I interviewed Reggie Watkins, who was in the um, the app episode with Mitch Hurwitz is in it. And then an upcoming episode, John Myers, who did who worked on the sets in uh, season six. But I haven't. I should really try to get some community people on it. it. It's a passion of mine that it kind of like you know like most things you love it and then you just don't watch it for a while. And then when it came to Netflix, I just started getting really reinvigorated into it. I think I'm gonna go watch some holiday episodes after this ends. Every year I watch all the holiday. It always happens every year. With my wife, I like, will watch holiday episodes and then all of a sudden you're doing a rewatch of like the first three seasons so then i jump around for four come back for five and i actually don't think i've ever finished six. Oh wow have you never seen the finale no not community's fault adhd and concentration and sitting are not my strong point so it's very easy for me to get sidetracked you know things change but oh man um so where where can people find you online Oh, yeah, if you're if you want to. Um Six Seasons and a Podcast is on Twitter and Instagram. Uh at the letter no the letter six. The number six. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, that one. Um the the number six seasons 
podcast. That's the at sign but before that. So six seasons of a podcast, you Google it. It is, it comes up number one thing. There's a website and, and all that jazz. Uh, find us on Spreaker or iTunes or, or Spotify, that kind of thing. What about your merch store? You have some dope merch. Um, yeah, you have to search for it, but I made some t-shirts. Those are pretty cool. Um, uh, I've got, um, there's like three of these community hallway crawler games. So they're like, it's a dungeon crawler, like card game with 125 cards. It's pretty cool. They're all, it's an eight bit design card. Um, and there's like, I think in the original art, there's probably 70, 80 different characters from the show. Um, everyone from Jeff to a German exchange student to uh uh, uh, Carl and Richie and the Ass Crack Bandit, that kind of thing. So, had an artist make those the eight bit versions of them. So, that's so cool, man. It's um, it's been great, and, and now I feel it's so much. It's so cool to learn your backstory of why you, uh, it just wasn't what I expected. So, I, I think that's what makes podcasting so cool. We all come here for some reason or another, and they're always so different, but we all. It's an interesting path we all end up on. Yeah, yeah. It. Uh, I'm glad I kind of shared the story with you. I, I've I've alluded to different pieces of it, um, but I'm, I'm glad we we talked about it. I think there's uh, out of tragedy, out of trauma, can come some really beautiful things, and that, that's what I'm, I'm hoping that this podcast has been a really um, good thing for people. Um, and keeping them their them excited and their spirits up and something to have fun with. So we'll look for you in the sixth season and send a movie uh, in the future. Uh, I would love it. I'm open. <laughs> awesome, man. Uh, let me make sure. Awesome. Thank you uh, so much and have a good rest of your night. You too. Thanks, Chris. Why, hello there, podcast friend. I'm Ash Blodgett, co-host of the podcast Let's Rewatch. Together with my co-host and Red Opera D&D campaign writer, Pat Edwards, we made a short film in quarantine called Joiding Call. And it's finally coming out. The film is the story of a group of people trying to get together to play D&D via a video chat. But all the usual quarantine issues get in the way, such as kids. Daddy, is this Game of Thrones? Bobby, what are you doing? Daddy, no, come on, it's bedtime. Poor internet connections. Thou must cast ye techno devils from thine magic picture box. Couples at each other's throats. I want to blow some ogres up with a fireball. Why is your first instinct to always kill things? And more. Zoe, stop drinking. Oh, that reminds me. I haven't had the boss yet. The film basically takes a snapshot of what life is like right now through the lens of nerds. So join us on our quest November 20th over on my YouTube channel, Laughstash TV, for the film's premiere. You can get there by going to youtube.com slash laughstash TV. And that's stash as in S-T-A-S-H. Till then, I'll just be over here practicing my nat 20s. Ooh, critical hit.